This is the Ride On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. Here we are. We are here. I believe I am recording. We're doing this through Zoom today. So, um, any hiccups, we're going to blame the, uh, we're going to blame them. Yeah, the, the Ride On Sports crew had to be in separate locations today because we're uh, on location um, covering the playoff baseball, which we're going to cover that from our homes. Yes. <laughs> um, we're not media. We're not lucky enough to get in and watch a game from a booth or something like that, but playoff baseball starts today, Gabe. Yeah, playoff baseball does start. Are the Astros the first game of the playoffs? Masters are the first game of the playoffs. Yeah, you can see, we have our uh, – we got our – we have – Yours reads correctly to me, and then mine reads backwards to me. So, see, I don't – that, Yeah. No, that's how – for me, it's the opposite. Your, yours reads correctly, and then mine is backwards. We're in opposite world and everything. I mean, and it's true because we have a Astros team that finished the regular season under 500, still make the playoffs, and still has a chance to win the World Series. Maybe yeah, it's this it, big, but yeah, it is. Um, I think things the Ast- I think the Astros lose in two games. Weren't the, the Nationals play. a wild card team last year? They were a wild card team last year. I mean, the Astros technically aren't a wild card team, but they're playing in the wild no, card round. Right? We finished second in the monster of a yeah. division known as the AL West. Yeah, this big monster. Where yeah. the A's kind of, you know, the, the A's did what the Astros have done for the last, you know, few years, basically. And they kind of ran away with the division. Um, everybody else was, you know, seething behind. Although the A's have been competitive the last few years regardless, but the Astros typically are the ones running away and everyone playing catch up. And then the AL Central juggernaut teams that are in there, um, we have all that. So, but we're going to get to that. We're going to get to Astros playoff baseball and playoff baseball in general. Uh, in a minute. I mean, what we have plenty to cover. We got the Texans, the amazing Houston Texans. Yes, uh, with man, their secondary. What what a what a secondary. What is the, Earl Thomas? Like, I've, there's more rumors floating around. There's a good chance. To yeah, sign he's, Earl Thomas. apparently he's like in Houston working out right now. So that it's by better the time you listen than to this, what they have. Yeah, by the time you listen to this podcast, Earl Thomas will probably be a Texan. Yeah, and that's fine, man. Like. He may have lost a little step, and he might punch you in the face if you're, uh, you know, not if you piss him off or whatever. But you know what? Some of those Texans players probably do need to be punched. Yeah, in the face. The, so, the, with the way we blow coverage, I wouldn't mind a couple people yeah, in the face. You need that leadership. I just, it, it, it scares me to come off almost like an Ed Reed move, but I don't think it is. I think it's a lot better, and we'll discuss that. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, high school football, big weekend in the Coastal Bend. A good weekend for Cal Allen and uh, Flower Bluff. Maybe not as good for Miller. Um, that's uh, We got high school football in the Coastal Bend. We got the NBA Finals. The matchup is set. Tomorrow is the uh, – <laughs> Tomorrow's game one of the NBA Finals. Um, Lakers I'm, in the heat. Woo! So those yeah. ratings are going to keep – Yeah. Uh, yeah. NBA Finals tomorrow. And then we're going to talk some just some general NFL on here. Did, did you watch uh, – man, the quarterback play in the league is awesome. Uh, I watched a little bit of that um, Seahawks and Cowboys game. 
Russell Just Wilson. a little bit. Russell Wilson's so good. I I think it's gonna be I so far I would put him above Matt Patrick Mahomes for your MVP race, but we're only three games in, right? But yeah. I mean Mahomes still looks great. But Mahomes uh looks great. Aaron Rodgers looks great. Aaron Rodgers looks like a, a reborn again. He he looks like the MVP. I think he's happy. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like an MVP Aaron Rodgers. Uh Josh Allen looks great. Josh Allen. Um, Once again, so, yeah. you can go with the poverty quarterback. You know, yeah, so a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Oh, and I haven't yeah. told you this yet, but I'm going to share with the audience my prop bets for tonight's presidential election. Ooh, all right. Well, done, that sounds I have, good. I have some prop bets. I did it on my Instagram live last night, and yeah. uh, it's there's some interesting prop bets. So I, I put I had three prop bets. So I'm going to share that with the audience today. We have um, yeah, we have the debate tonight. That should be interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I wanted to. Do you have a come on man bet? Like how many times Biden will say come on man? No, no. I want to put money on that. I, I want like at least five. There is a prop bet involving what will Biden say first? It's come on man or something else. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. They'll say where am I? And then they'll finish it off by saying you stupid bastards, and everybody will applaud. So, no well, there's not going to be anybody there. Exactly. So they're just going to be sitting at home. There'll probably be a uh, who's who's hosting it. Do you know? Uh, I know. I think Chris Wallace is hosting it. Oh, ooh, ooh. He was the one that that tore Trump apart in that interview. But we don't want to dig into that stuff. Let's keep. It yeah, fun. let's let's but, let's talk about football. It's, uh, <laughs> man, the Houston. So the Houston Texans and their amazing secondary have somehow fallen to zero and three despite how well they play coverage. And, you know, I just – okay, even if they sign Earl Thomas, which I think would be a benefit because he's better than what you got right now, than Eric Murray, and uh, he can bring in some leadership. He can bring in some – I'll punch you in the face if you suck or whatever. Um, he's he's going to probably not be a ball hawk. I don't think he's ever really been a ball hawk. And I don't think he can play the run as well as he probably used to, but um, I was listening to some other table talk and they were talking about how well he was in coverage last year too. And of course he played in a really good defense. Um, what's going to happen? Are they just going to, if Earl Thomas is out there, they're just going to pick on the, the weakest link most of the time. Right. But at least you're taking away a portion of the field theoretically and a little bit of a threat with an Earl Thomas. But, but what I saw, what I felt like what I saw in that game is we got up. Texans offense was clicking in the first half and got up and you were like, oh yeah, they're starting to they're starting to show it. But as soon as in the second half they got faced with that adversity again, you know, it was just it was downhill, man, on both sides of the ball. I mean, we, it was all what all three and outs in the second half besides that terrible, terrible pick that yeah. Deshaun threw. Yeah, he made one great play thrown across his body like two plays earlier and then decides, okay, I'm gonna do this again. And throws the interception. And then watching Lamar Jackson last night play against the Chiefs, even though they lost. But Lamar Jackson's a better player, man. I, I think he, he's a – I came I away with a, a totally player. different takeaway of Lamar Jackson than you did last night. What, what, but what is, this is what I saw with Lamar Jackson, though, is he's making decisions, you know. Like, he's, he's doing his – he's progressing with his reads quickly or whatever if he has to. But for the other part, he's just one to throw the ball, you know. And – that's that's the difference I see though with Deshaun is that Deshaun's like one two ah, three four five six seven eight nine ten, and then he makes a bad decision. Well, I think a couple of things play into that. Number one, 
with the Ravens, you have to respect the run so much more, so reads are easier. He's quick. He's so quick. I mean, Lamar is really quick. Deshaun's quick, obviously, but I feel like Lamar's – he's got a burst of speed, I man. I mean, L- Lamar threw for under 100 yards yesterday. <laughs> Before you get on this – Chiefs defense is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, Deshaun had more than 100 yards throwing the ball. <laughs> and better receivers. We, I will say that, like, we do have better receivers than Baltimore. I mean, I mean but Baltimore, Baltimore, has good is... tight, Baltimore has good tight ends and a great running game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's what helps out Lamar's passing attack. I watched last night and I didn't think Lamar. I didn't think Lamar was good at all. I thought he was terrible. Um, what what were we saying? Oh, with the Texans though. I mean Ed or Ed Reed. Um, Earl Thomas will help. I mean he can't hurt. I the same guy. <laughs> he, I mean he can't hurt. Um, yeah. But I, the Texans, unless they win, they play the Vikings this week, and I think Jacksonville the next week. I'm gonna pull up their schedule right now. Unless the Texans win at minimum the next two games, I mean their season's over. Uh, yeah. They play the Vikings, Jaguars, and Titans the next three games. I would say they have to win those three games. Well, and the Vikings are interesting because they're also zero and three. But I think the Vikings are a better coach team. I think they actually have a little more talent than Houston does, and it's it's. But they've started off with a really rough schedule too, so it's Which a little is- surprising they're zero three. But um, someone's got to win, Which- right? Well, no, there was a tie this weekend. Philadelphia and was there. Cincinnati. Yeah, there was a tie. Cool. So we could tie. Cincinnati tied with Philadelphia. But uh, what's his nuts up there in Cincinnati? He's playing pretty good all of a sudden. Burrow's playing solid. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. looked pretty good so far. Um, Possibly better than expected with what he's got in front of him. Yeah, I worry about. So he has like a terrible offensive line, and his receiving weapons are okay. Oh, welcome to the club. Yeah, um, but what I worry about is that you develop bad habits when you're playing yeah. on such a crappy team. Like you got to run see- around a lot. And I'm seeing it with Sam Darnold in New York, Ooh, like yeah, a, such a guy. talented guy who's like this year he's got. I think you, if me and you went to the Jets, we would upgrade their receiving core. Um, yeah, everybody's hurt there, right? Yeah, everybody's hurt, and it's not like their players are that good. Like, Sam Darnold threw a touchdown this weekend, and he had to avoid the entire Colts defensive line twice before finding a receiver in the corner of the end zone who was on the Patriots practice squad last year. And remember how bad the Patriots receiving core was last year. So if this guy was on the practice squad and not on the team, how bad he has to be. Like in re- in relation to other NFL receivers, <laughs> I, I you know, and I liked Sam Darnold coming out. I liked him I like in school. Um, ah, the Jets are just the Jets, man. Every time, every time the Jets draft like a kind of a high caliber quarterback, the guy's dead within two or three seasons. He's just gone. I mean, you've seen it over and over. And maybe those guys, those high profile quarterbacks, are a little overrated. Um, this is the guy out of West Virginia just a couple of years ago. Ooh, maybe a few years ago now. Oh, wait. Are you talking about – oh, Geno Smith. Yeah, like Geno Smith. I was like, never a Geno Smith guy. Yeah, I wasn't either. I think he was a little overrated, but he was kind of like high profile, you know, for them to draft. Um, but he was dead in the water. He had a couple of brilliant games. I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. He's the um, Seahawks backup quarterback. <laughs> well, he's, maybe he's learning something from Russell Wilson. You know, you never know. I think uh, Geno Smith's time as an NFL starter is over – but I, that, but that's what I worry about with Burrow is that just behind that pitiful offensive line, 
they um, he do, he just develops bad habits and ultimately it hurts him. Uh, I was going to try to bring up the sack stats so far this year, like you know which quarterback's taking the most sacks, because um, I know Deshaun's already. He, if he's not, if he hasn't taken the most already, he he will, because um, I think it was five, the five against the Steelers. Um, yeah, it was five against Pittsburgh. Man, Pittsburgh's are a lot, man. Yeah, Pittsburgh's okay. Joe Burrow's, Joe Burrow's taking fourteen. Deshaun's taking thirteen. How many so, has Darnold taken? Darnold, uh, man. Yeah. Well, he's he's down here. Oh well, maybe it's because he just throws okay. the ball. He just throws the ball Six? and then he throws an interception. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's taking which is the, the other bad habit you develop because you're not trying to take the sack, so you're forcing a throw that you shouldn't be forcing. Well, yeah, and because and, and you know, where was it? Lamar Jackson. He's up here too, but he runs around like Deshaun does, and I know that leads to like some increased sack numbers too. But I think with Deshaun, it's you got what was it? Kelamete. Kelamente, Kelamete, he was Kelamente. starting. Yeah. I didn't think he was starting. Is that because uh, who was our normal left guard? Max Sharping, last year's second round pick. And he was out, right? Yeah. I, I mean, don't, I, I don't I, think I had seen Kelamente play yet this year. I hadn't seen him either. When he was out there, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's uh, the Texans' offensive line is dreadful. Um, T.J. Yeah. Watt, there was that one sack T.J. Watt had where he just came in untouched. But you saw the same thing last week against the Ravens where that happened. That the the to me the tight end looked like he was supposed to check him, you know, at least at least push him off the edge, and he just ran right by him. And T.J. Watt was like, "Ooh." <laughs> yeah, on the T.J. Watt sack, it looked. Like, I actually think it was supposed to be the tackle that picked him up because there was a blitz coming up through the middle. But the tackle doesn't pick up anybody. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it just never happened. But I feel like, but that's, but why wouldn't you give him help, though? You know he sucks. I mean, it's, I don't, it wasn't Titus Howard, right? Was he still out? No, it's Titus Howard. It was Titus Howard. On he was the right back? side, yeah. Okay. Well, that was a good pick, so. I mean, we just, I, like, with the Texans, it's not just the offensive line is bad, but what offensive lineman have the Texans drafted that is, like, now better since we drafted him. Like, look at the Ravens. I look at the Ravens' offensive line. And the Ravens had a bad night yesterday. But still look at Baltimore. Yeah. Ronnie Stanley, they drafted in the first round like three or four years ago. And he was an all-pro left tackle last year. Um, Orlando Brown, they drafted him in the third round to play right tackle. He's now one of the better right tackles in the NFL. Um, it, wasn't he high caliber, like in college? Like, um, I knew his name. So, he, he played for Oklahoma. He was on. Uh, he was there with Baker and I, maybe with Kyler as well. Was he an All American or anything like that? I mean, I, he I was, knew his name, but maybe just because of oh, OU. But I, it was I think because OU had a lot of NFL guys on their offensive line, so they were pretty like publicized because of that. Something's a miss there, Gabe. What? OU. Get, who wants to go live in Norman, Oklahoma? But yet they just they garner so much talent over and over again. Think you about know? it. You get to go be king of, like, the state of Oklahoma, which, I again, that's like being the king of nothing. But you get to be the king <laughs> of the state of Oklahoma if you go to OU. Well, because if Oklahoma State has to use hookers in order to get more talent there, then what does OU use? I guess they don't. They just that's, Is that the selling point? You get to be the king of Oklahoma? Something like that. 
They're also the like, like as an offensive player, OU is also an NFL factory. Well, it is, yeah, especially for quarterbacks, receivers. I mean, I mean just running offense, backs. Look how many offensive linemen they've had drafted the last three years. And half those guys come out of Texas, which is pisses me off more. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> we like struggle with keeping guys home, man. If I'm a if I'm an offensive player and I just look at Oklahoma's track record of putting offensive guys in the NFL, it's a pretty easy sell. Yeah, no, it, it, it honestly it is. Um, Zach Fulton, okay, that's who I was thinking of. He usually is out there, and uh, I think he was hurt maybe. No, Fulton was out there. It was Sharping that didn't play. Okay, so then um, – Max Sharping. Kelamente was just filling in for him. Yeah, which Sharping is better than – we paid Ful- We pay Fulton a lot of money, but Sharping is better. Man, that was uh, – if you would ever listen to um, Sports Radio 610 out of Houston with Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast, uh-huh. They do a good job. That's all they talk about. I put it on this morning, and I was like, oh, it's Astros playoff baseball, man. They're going to be talking baseball. No, they're still talking Texans. Well, it's because the Astros are pitiful this year. But even, even if it was like game one of the World Series, they would be talking to Texans. Well, it, well here's why. Because football is king. Well, it's it gives like, you a lot of things to pitch about, too. I mean, it, it really does. Like, we can just go down the line, and, and historically, while well, baseball is a little different, where – you know, you can bitch about some things with baseball, but so many things just are chance in baseball. If pitchers and, pitch and hitters hit, then your team's going to win. <laughs> right. Like, that's all there's to it. It's just a lot of chance. And so that's why I say the Astros have a chance too. But, but the Texans, what I was going to say is they, they've really – they've been talking a lot about how that roster's constructed under the Bill O'Brien era and how they've been, he's been giving bad contracts to bad players over and over and over. And I think what you pointed out yesterday, and I kind of laugh because you're right, but signing Earl Thomas wouldn't make sense for the construct of the team. Like, not the way they're constructed. Right. You know, Dr. Jack Easterby will probably have to sit down with Earl for, like, four hours to check his character. And at some point, Earl's just going to be like, you know what? <laughs> but what choice does he have? If Jerry won't even take his phone call, which I don't understand, the guy is, has told you, I want to play for you, Dallas Cowboys. Why haven't they signed him? Is it they don't have the space? Do they not have the need? I mean, he's probably not. No, they have a need. Their safety is bound to be upgraded with what they have. So Their safety sucks. That's kind of weird to me. Um, is, is he that much of, like, damaged goods mentally? I mean, I don't know. doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I mean, we, need, we need a villain, man. I mean, I've always thought this, like, going back – to like even pre O'Brien, like to the Kubiak days, like the year we wore Letterman jackets to Foxborough. Uh, I, I remember. Like, I've I've kind of always thought like the Texans need some assholes. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have you gotta have somebody who when he, he he's the late hit on your quarterback, you need that tackle who grabs that defensive end and he tosses them, you know, or or you pay back later, um, or you need. You know, the last guy we had that might have been like that, um, I'm going to forget his name now, of course, but the safety. And I think he's playing for the Saints now. Uh, gosh, man. He was a hard hitter, but that's all he was really good at was being a hard hitter. He wasn't that great in coverage, but he's playing on the Saints. Oh, he did um, DJ Swanger? Yeah. I mean, he was kind of your a-hole. Like, he, he was uh, – he would hit – he hit hard when that was – 
sometimes all you need, right? And maybe someone who's going to counter being pushed around a little bit. Here, Jason, so, hold, on, hold on one second. My, uh, my uh, something happened here. One of the tabs I had open started making noise. Oh, we're still recording, so it should be all right. Yeah. Um, but then oh. what happened is I mute my I muted my computer to try and get uh oh get rid of the sound yeah and, it, and, and then, then it's it all like wonky you're like I don't know what's going on anymore and then it muted you so okay so I'm gonna so start again where I said DJ Swearinger uh oh I was just saying that he he was to me he's one of the only guys that we've had like that on the roster where he was a really hard hitter and plus he would talk he would talk 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 um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's getting the guy's heads. He did. But yeah, no, he wasn't very good. But he was a good. He was the asshole that you needed to put out there. Sometimes I think. Dude, so talking about the Texans, like in bad contracts and Bill O'Brien, here are the guys that next year will be making over five million dollars for he, or we'll say over four million dollars because there's two guys in the force that are terrible. So I would, I think we can both agree, three guys are worth. There are three people on this roster that are worth big money. And that's Deshaun. Now, how big is up for debate? But there's three guys that you need to have. Deshaun, JJ, and Laramie Tunsil. Those three you have to – those three are, are a necessity. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, like those three are a necessity for your team. After that, you're playing Brandon Cook's $12 million. Who – what is he – you're paying Whitney Merciless $12 million. You're paying Zach Cunningham $11.5 million. You're paying Bradley Roby $11 million. You're paying Randall Cobb $10.5 million. Paying David Johnson $9 million. Nick Martin $9 million. Menardrick McKinney $8.5 million. Eric Murray almost $7 million. Senio Calamente almost $6 million. And, and, and both of these guys are starting on another team. Duke Johnson, $5 million. So you have $9 million. To not run the ball. To not run the ball. You, you have, you're paying $14 million to running backs, and you can't run the football. At all. And in the $4 million, the two guys I wanted to mention, Brandon Dunn, who is a below-average rotational defensive lineman, $4.2 million. And then your kicker is making $4.2 million. And Fairbairn's <laughs> – that's the worst of him, honestly, dude. He's not even a good kicker. Like, he's, he's missed some critical stuff, and you're like, how have they not cut this guy? I know they tried out some other kickers, uh, I think, last season, but they walked into camp this year like, he's our guy. So why, why would you ever pay a kicker $4 million? Let me ask you that. I mean, I would pay Justin Tucker Justin $4 Tucker. million. That, that's he a, never misses. That's the only guy. A prime Vinatieri. That's about it. Yeah. Justin yeah. Tucker and prime Very Vinatieri. rare. Dan Bailey at one point was was you know he yeah, did a from, like, hurt from like 2012 to 2016. Dan Bailey, yeah. that's another guy. Yeah, there there's been a few, but even when we had a who was the punter at A and M that played for the Raiders forever, we had for like Shane three Leckler. years. Why were you paying that guy like five million a year to punt, man? Like I I know like he was a decent punter, but he was not nearly as good as he was with the Raiders. You know, like he would he'd drop him in the twenty every now and then and stuff, but like. Uh, he wasn't worth like four or five million a year to punt the ball, no, I'm, man. I'm with you. Um, I could I can find an Italian soccer player so, Jason, off the street. They're paying Randall Cobb ten and a half million dollars next year. He almost had a hundred. He almost had a hundred on on uh, Sunday. 
The, yeah, it was like his first catch of the season. It was like he actually had a decent game, but 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 I but I did hear that he missed a couple of routes. So hey, before we move on, because we need to, but um, real quick, breaking news: bump, bump, bump. The Titans and Vikings have suspended in-person activities after multiple Titans players and personnel test positive for COVID-19. Oh, I'm getting this on my phone. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So the Titans have three new player positives and five new personnel testing positive. So this, so luckily, this Today's the NFL Tuesday. has the daily testing, so they're they're going to be able to figure out pretty quickly. Who, yeah. Which, well, it says what? both teams, the Vikings and uh, the Titans, have suspended personnel, but. How does this affect this Sunday? We'll see. Texans Vikings this Sunday, yeah. Yeah, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does, or whatever. But you know, I, this is what I was saying before the season started, though. And I'm glad it's going. Whatever, it's great. It's a nice distraction for us and everything. But I, I, you have so many more people to control with the NFL, and 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 people that come and go. You know. Well, think about how many false positives there have been in sports, though. I feel like. Almost like in co- like in college, it's happened. In the NFL it happened in training camp, where like, oh, this team got positive tests, and then all of them ended up being false positives. Or in college football, it was the Notre Dame. Was it Notre Dame? Who was it? There was a game this weekend that got canceled because of positive tests, and it ended up being false positives. Oh wow! So I hope this is. I hope that's what the case is here, where it ends up um, being false positive. Yeah. Well, so what do we want to move on to? Because we're uh, we're getting into yeah. it. We'll talk. We'll talk some. Uh, let's talk some Houston Astros playoff baseball. Houston Astros. So Houston I think Astros. I think they're going to lose in two games <laughs> to the Twins. Um, you are more optimistic than I am. Well, I am blindly optimistic. That's the problem. But um, it's it's. I mean, they they have a chance to beat the Twins. Now the thing is, they just have to be firing on all cylinders, and I don't know if they have the desire to do so. Honestly. What's depressing is this could be the last time we see this core together, and that's that's frightening. I mean, between yeah, Springer, Springer is, I'm, he I'm, might be gone. I'm gonna I'm gonna send him lots of mail emails. Are you? He's not on Twitter though. He actually has a Twitter account, but I think he had like, yeah, it's like one tweet from ten years ago or something. And that's you have to uh, you gotta follow his sister on Twitter. Yeah, Lena. That's Lena, right? Yeah. Yeah, she tweets a lot. And she's cool. She'll actually – she's like Ken Caminetti's daughter. They'll, like, communicate with you, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so you, you got to tweet her say, hey, tell George to – See, the thing is, is I, I feel like I – I think she lives back home where they're from. In Connecticut? Yeah. And I think – and she was an athlete too, I believe, right? I don't um, know. I think so. But the family might want him to try to go to Boston. Uh, somewhere in that vicinity, at least somewhere on the East Coast, and and he might want to. It's hard to say, but he's grown up as a Houston Astro, yeah. and it's all he knows. I he doesn't come off as the kind of guy that enjoys change, but who's to say? I feel like most of this organization doesn't do well with change, uh, and I, I feel like that's been part of the struggle this year. Is I mean, you had AJ for several years, you had Lunell for several years, you had a routine for several years. And it all got turned upside down. I don't think firing Lou now did much. I think not having AJ is what hurts. I think it's, it really hurts because Dusty Baker's like, are we going to – Dusty Baker's actually probably on a plane to Minneapolis right now or yesterday whenever the team's going to L.A., right? Or are they playing in San Diego? It's L.A. or San Diego. I don't – I guess I can – No, they're pl- so they're playing in Minneapolis right now. I thought they were playing – 
the wild card games, the wild card round is at the higher seeded stadium. And it then is. they okay. And then they go to San Diego or wherever. How much sense does that make, Gabe? We well, what we've learned is a lot of things don't make sense. <laughs> How much sense is the government running this thing? You're right. Wow, I had no idea. I thought it was all ready, all starting at those pods. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so, well, then it's a good thing more, Dusty's on the way. Are you more optimistic about the Astros' chances than I am? I definitely am. It's just because I think that the Astros do have more talent than the Twins do. Um, you know, last season the Twins were big boppers. Uh, I don't think they've been hitting the ball as well this season. I could be dead wrong. Again, it's been hard to pay attention to some of the stuff this year. The thing is, is these teams haven't faced each other in the regular yeah. season. And that's, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. That's the thing, because, like, as Astros fans, we've only seen – like, we know the Dodgers are good. We've played them. We know the Padres are good. We know Oakland's good. Outside of that, we haven't played anybody. Now, some of our batters have faced Kent, Kent Maeda, who's starting today. He was a Dodger. Um, oh, Kent so, Maeda's a starter? Yeah, he's starting today, and he's he's been good. He actually is the uh, he was MLB's qualified whip leader this season at point seventy five. Hey, your so boy Shane Bieber is gonna your boy Shane Bieber won the pitching triple crown. Triple crown, I'm telling you, yeah. If that Cy Young's not in the bag, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I think he's the obvious Cy Young choice. Now the question is, how long will he be pitching there? How long will it be until they trade him away for talent like they do with all their frontline starters? Man, I'll tell you what. You say that with Cleveland, like, oh, they traded away all their guys. Man, Cleveland's pitching staff looks good. They're, they they I, kind of they reload. Out of man, that the the best first round series is Cleveland and the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, then that's going to be really good. Um, I like the Blue Jays and Rays matchup too, um, just because there's so much youth involved. I mean, look at the Blue Jays. I honestly feel like the Blue Jays are similar to what the Astros were a few years ago when they first dipped their toes with this core and they were just young and fun to watch. Uh, I mean, Kevin Biggio, uh, Bo Bichette, uh, what Vlad Guerrero Jr. I mean, that's Oscar Hernandez plays for them, I believe. Yeah, of course. And Derek Fisher. Uh, I think fish is still there. I I think he is. Um, I'm looking at the Indians pitching staff right now. Bieber has an ERA starting with one. And Carlos Carrasco, ERA starts with two. Zach Plezak, ERA starts with two. Tristan McKenzie, low threes, ERA. You go to the bullpen, Brad Hand, shut down. James Karinshak, he's – have you seen him pitch? Mm. He has, like, this weird delivery and just throws junk, but you can't hit it. He's pretty untouchable. Like, that's going to be the problem. The the Yankees cannot – play from behind against the Cleveland bullpen. No, I, I think Cleveland beats the Yankees. I, I do. I think it'll be three games, but um, I think it'll be a 2-1. I just think the Indians, yeah, they have the depth. Um, if the Yankees are any out of sorts offensively, they're done. They don't have the pitching. Garrett Cole's it. Um, I know Tanaka's been all right. Does it show uh, – I imagine Garrett Cole's starting for the – So let me ask if you're Cleveland. Like, yeah, assuming Garrett, Garrett Cole's starting game one. Do you sit Shane Bieber game one and throw out like Savale or Carrasco or Plezak against Cole and then have Bieber throw against Tanaka in game, game two? Or game two? three, yeah. I game think that's a good strategy. I do. 
But you know, Tito's not managing. Well, Tito's probably managing from the background, but uh, I guess Sandy Alomar Jr. is actually going to be on the bench because Tito's been sick. And uh, that I, I didn't learn that until recently. Um, so that's – he's a really great strategist, and I don't know how that changes things. I mean, again, I think Tito still manages by – He's going to be next in Sandy Alomar. He's going to be somewhere out there. Yeah, he's going to be sitting in a booth somewhere. And I know that they don't – they theoretically don't electronics in the uh, dugout anymore, things like that, I guess. But Theoretically. He'll, he'll – yeah, he'll, he'll find a way. He'll just end up carrier. He'll be like, hey, boy, go. Um, I like Tito a lot. He's actually one of my favorite yeah, people in baseball awesome. of all time. Um, I would have loved it if he would have somehow became the Astros manager after. But – he wasn't going to leave Cleveland, obviously, after eight. So, who, okay, so who um, – you can't pick the Astros because I'm not going to let you. Who wins the World Series? Um, if it's not the Astros, um, I hate to say it, man, but probably the Dodgers. Um, I think they're just the strongest team by far, and they're set up – Now, the thing with the Dodgers, though, is they get into a long series – they get more beatable. They definitely get more beatable. But I think it's the same for a lot of teams. The The Braves, to me, probably have uh, about the second-best chance tied with the A's. I think the A's have a really good chance. I, um, I like Tampa Bay in the playoffs with their Yeah, bullpen. Tampa. Can't forget about Tampa. I like, um, I like the Tampa bullpen because they are so – they just have so many options in that bullpen. That yeah. They can draw it. I, what I worry about if they play the Dodgers – the Dodgers hitters are just so good. They get multiple looks at a bullpen arm. Like, yeah, uh, I, I would I'd probably just go with the Dodgers, honestly, if I'm being purely honest with no no uh, bias. And you know what? I would like the Dodgers to win because then they can shut up. They no, I don't, want the, I don't want the Dodgers to win. I'm rooting for <laughs> Oakland. I'm rooting for Moneyball to win the World Series. Well, how about how about Oakland and LA and Oakland wins, and then you can we can still see LA tears. Man, I so I want LA. See how salty they can get. How awesome would it be if LA lost in this wild card round? <laughs> I, I think too. <laughs> if LA and New York both lost in a wild card round, I think the MLB would cancel the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> Everybody has COVID. Yeah, and then they just say, oh, we got a bunch of positive COVID tests. We can't continue. There's potential for the Brewers to outslug the Dodgers, man. Um, I just – I haven't paid attention much to the Brewers. I know Christian Yellick hasn't had a good year. Um, That's, you know, the but Christian, That's the understatement of 2020. Christian Yellick, he, like, basically died at the end of last season, and he may not be entirely recovered. I mean, what didn't he tear his like his MCL, ACL, and his knee or something like that? I don't remember, but it was it was pretty. He had a knee injury. It was pretty devastating, um, especially that he was on my fantasy squad and <laughs> he went out right when the playoffs were starting, and I was like, "Come on, please, man!" That that Christian Yelich's injury pretty much got me to quit fantasy baseball um, for the time being, because man, you get tired of that, you know, especially that. That particular league is a it's a pricey league. Uh-huh. I had him, and he was he was hot, man. He was going to carry it, and I, I I love me some Christian Yelich. He's great. So, who's your pick? So, uh, all bias aside, the Dodgers. Um, if it's anyone besides the Dodgers, it's going to be Tampa. With that bullpen, I think that bullpen can carry them through the postseason. 
And also, Tampa is good starting pitching, too. Uh, they have Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarbrough, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton. They're going to throw different looks at you. And then they got about seven guys in that bullpen they can turn to that throw nasty stuff. I think it's hard. And this is why I like baseball so much is that you can take the best staffs like that and you just if, – if your squad can match them pitching-wise decently, you know, the yeah. better offense wins. And that's – you know, I mean, and I, I think Tampa has the greatest chance as anybody. Um, and their offense is actually pretty good. But their struggle is going to be that, though, I think, is that they can, they can get equal pitching-wise in the playoffs. I mean, there's some pretty good pitching teams. And if they, they could face Cleveland in the second round, um, and that could, that could be it, you know. Uh, and that, that wouldn't be a big choke job. You know, I mean, the Rays won 40, Cleveland won 35, and Cleveland's obviously a great team, so that wouldn't be a choke job, I don't think. And Cleveland would also be interest, an interesting matchup for the Dodgers because of that pitching. Yeah. Like, you're, you, to beat the Dodgers, you're not going to outslug them. You have to be able to pitch. Yeah, they have too many agree. bats. You're not going to outslug them. So let's take a break, Gabe. Um, we're, yeah. we're definitely at the halfway point here. Throw that commercial vibe in there. Yeah. Right on sports. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk some NBA finals, high school football, and wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, presidential prop bets as well. I'm very, I'm, I'm very much want to share these with y'all. Uh, all right, we'll be right Fake back. Fake news. I'd like to take this minute to talk about rightoncorpus.com. Right on Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at rightoncorpus.com. All right, we're back right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. We'll give you our presidential prop bets in a bit. But let's, take on, let's touch on some Coastal Bend high school football here. Um, big weekend for uh, 5A. We had the 5A returning. and It was a good weekend for most 5A schools. We're the big 5A schools here in the Coastal Bend as uh, Veterans Memorial and Flower Bluff. Uh, they look good beating uh, Corporate Tracy Miller and Rockport, respectively. Veteran, Veterans Memorial winning by a you know, score 56 to 37 against Corpus Christi Miller. Flower Bluff beating Rockport 24 to 0. You thought coming into the year, those are the two teams in District uh, 15 5A, I believe it is. Um, those were the two teams, and they looked like it in the, uh, they looked like it on Friday. Like Miller's now two and two, I believe. Yeah, they're two and two. They lost to the, uh, they beat the bad teams, lost to the good teams. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of, I don't know, maybe that's expected. In- interesting, interesting stat. Andrew Body. And how, the Miller, oh, go ahead. Andrew Body, the Miller quarterback, threw two interceptions all of last season, through thirteen games. He's thrown six this year in four games. Wow. So that like forcing it. what's that? Probably forcing it. Yeah, like it I mean it's for I think I mean the first game or second game he threw a pick where I thought it was just kind of mental lapse. Um but I think this you know it's a team that was unstoppable through all of last season. Maybe, you know, you know, Betts has now seen him three times since they've been, since Miller's been good. 
So for vets, they've got they've got a lot to go on as far as they know how to play against Miller. Um, yeah. Rockport, I just thought it was sloppy. Um, just thought it was sloppy play against Miller. I mean, the big thing with Miller is their defense. I mean, they gave up 44 to Rockport last week. Or was it 45? They gave up over 40 to Rockport, who now is getting shut out by Flower Bluff. Um, and now they're giving up 56 to Vets in their first game when you've already had three games to play. Um, that's what concerns me for Miller, is that their defense is just – been non-existent against the good teams which if you want to compete in their district if you want to go far in the playoffs you gotta I mean if you can even though Miller can score they can score with anybody they can score fast that is awesome you got to be able to stop somebody at some point yeah well and that flower bluff shutting out Rockport um wow (laughs) wow I mean, we, we talked about it last week. I mean, Flower Bluff's well-coached, so I, we, we both kind of figured, like, yeah, they'll have it, you know, they'll be ready to go, you know, once the whistle blows. I don't think I expected a shutout. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, uh, well, I mean, these schools were essentially in the same division up until last year. I think Rockport was 5A last year. So Rockport was 4A last year. They were already 4A? Yeah. Um, but I mean, but for years they were like usually in the same. Like when Cal right. Allen was four A, they were all in the same. But then Cal Allen was five A for a number of years. But but basically, what I'm getting at is is that the schools on the outside of Corpus Christi usually dominated the schools inside of Corpus Christi. Now Flower Bluff's been good for quite a while, but Rockport's come up, and you know, but now you have vets who are still kind of the new kid on the block. I think they've only been around still like what five or six years. Not and long at all. Not long at all. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're shoving, they're shoving everybody essentially. So when uh, Vets and Flower Bluff play, that's going to be uh, a solid game. So Vets has King this weekend or the Thursday. They have the early game. Um, Alice is supposedly playing Wimberley. Alice has still hasn't played a game this season. Uh, they were canceled this past weekend uh, against. Kingsville's high school. So, so uh, that's a good games. test for Alice because Wimberley made it to the state championship game last year in 4A. Doesn't that suck? You've had all your games canceled so far for whatever reason. I have no idea. But I'm assuming COVID-related maybe. But then your yeah. first test possibly is going to be against Wimberley. Well, so Wimberley, the reason why I picked one of the teams in the Coastal Bend to go to the state championship game was because Wimberley made the state final last year. Because oh. I watched Wimberley. I was at the game. I watched Wimberley. Mm-hmm. And I'll give credit to Wimberley's coaches because that team competed their butt off without much talent. But the key here is there wasn't much talent. It's not like Wimberley was an overly talented team. And I watched them, and I knew Cal Allen and Miller were going down to 4A and Port Lavaca, and I was like, oh, I think those three teams are more talented than Wimberley. And Rockport, they took Wimberley. Rockport was a two-point conversion away from beating Wimberley. They had gone down. It was an – I fear it was the end of regulation or if it was overtime. But they go down, they score a touchdown, they kick the extra point, would have tied the game, but they went for two and they just didn't get it. They would have got it, maybe Rockport's in Jerry World. So that's – So how a, good is Flower Bluff is the question. <laughs> so, yeah, how good is – so I, I don't know – how many people listening to this listen to my 
uh, interview with Michael Coffin, and that was like probably six weeks ago. Um, but it, it was a while back. But we Coffin and I talked about where it's you know that district. It's Flower Bluff and it's Vets, and then it's everybody else. You know, yeah. if you're yeah. when you're filling out the four playoff teams, you put in Flower Bluff and Vets, and then you can kind of just pick names out of a hat. For It'd be who, really good to catch up with them, I think, huh? Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, I think next time we go to the studio, we're gonna try to get him. Uh, try to get him in there. Yeah, I think that would be good just to catch up with him as far yeah. as uh, everything that's uh, playing out so far in high school football. Yeah, so he's the voice. Of, he's the voice of CCISD. So I'm outside of Miller, all those schools are five A. So I wanted to wait until you know teams started playing again. Um, this week was obviously weird, but uh, yeah, maybe next week or week after we can get uh, we can get our man friend of the show onto the show. Another big one for Cal Allen once again. I don't know why they decided to play all these power juggernauts this uh, season, but Lynn may have been right. Is that it's so hard for Phil Danaher to find guys to play against. Um, so they have to play juggernauts, but they're hosting Tyvee, Kerrville Tyvee this Friday as well. So that big game is uh, mm. on the slate. And so I was trying to look up just now if this game was actually here in Cal Allen or if it's going to be somewhere else. But I, I, as far as I can tell, it looks like it's here at Cal Allen. I think, uh, yeah, I think it is here in Cal Allen. So once again, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a game we can try to get to. <laughs> I like, um, I, so I like that Danaher uh, schedules, you know, basically the SEC West. Well, I tell you what, yeah, I, I feel bad for the kids in the district because when they get to district play, they're going to be ready to go, man. They're well, going to be ready to go. I mean, saw it against GP. Colin won, what, 35-7 to 7 this weekend? They were up like 35 nothing. That's That's the only local team they've played thus far, so. I mean, that's the – I mean, but was it like 35 nothing at halftime or 28 nothing at halftime? Yeah, something like that, yeah. It was, it was a lot to zero at halftime. And it's like, well, yeah, because Cal Allen's gone out and played a monster schedule. So when you play GP, who's a fringe playoff team, um, yeah. you know, a fringe playoff team in a coastal bend, that's what it's going to look like when you're used yeah. to one level of competition. Um, so that's uh, – yeah. So Kerrville, Tyvee, Collin, that is the game of the weekend. Collin's played a lot of uh, – played in a lot of the games of the weekend, but that's because they schedule, they schedule tough, and I love it. I love like when yeah. college teams schedule tough. I always I love it. I give them a ton of credit. Do the same for Kyle and schedule tough. Your record may not look great overall, but it's going to help you in district play. It's going to help you in the playoffs, and that's what it's all about. Right, and it, you know it's such a it is it's a, it's a good thing, and I like that about high school football. And you know if uh, in college, what is it that we don't call it um, Division Two so much anymore, right? FCS. Um, FCS. Yeah, like yeah. the way they do their playoffs. I've always liked that. And I've, I've topic for another time, but I've never understood why the big boys can't adopt that playoff format. You could still do your stupid way too many bowl games. You know, oh, there's, you oh, scheduled. I, ha I have a bowl game rant. <laughs> oh, there's way too many. Yeah. So I have a bowl topic game. for another time, another place, but you know, it's just, it, it blows my mind because you know, what we end up getting is things based on rankings later in the season. And usually I think for the most part, they get it right. But you don't get a chance for a Cinderella. You don't get a chance for like an upstart. Um, so in 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 college football, I just don't think a Cinderella would have a chance. But we'll never know. That's yeah. the thing. We'll never know because. But I think. You know. But I think I. So I. Someone who's covered the FCS playoffs before, it is fun. But even in the FCS, North Dakota State wins every year. Well, and and but the Bearcats have been 
consistently competitive, right? Didn't yeah, my own, State- I mean, yeah, they've been consistently competitive. But when we play North Dakota State, and I've been at one of those games, when we play North Dakota State, the talk – and I've never shared this with anyone, like, outside of uh, the realm before, but the talk of the media – like, I was traveling, like, with the media, and the talk with all of us in the media was not, oh, how we think the game is going to go, like, you know, what Sammy's needs to do to win. It was by how many points North Dakota State was going to win. So what, what's up with North Dakota State? How do they rebound? They are the they Patriots stack? of college football. They, so they, they, they cheat? No, they don't make any mistakes. Like, they're the most well-coached, well-drilled team in college that I've ever seen. Yeah, and I've seen Alabama play. on water in North Dakota, I assume. Well, it's, it's the coaching and it's the culture there. Yeah. They, and I, so, you know who the, – the, when I went to go watch North Dakota State, their coach was a guy by the name of Chris Kleiman, who is now coaching Kansas State. What did Kansas okay. State do over the weekend? I don't know. Tell me. They beat Oklahoma. Did they? Wow. They beat – and it's the second year in a row they've beaten Oklahoma. Chris Kleiman will be the next – he's going to be the next big-time college coach. I wouldn't be surprised if an NFL team hires him. That's like, excellent. They are – like North Dakota State, and it's – that they are the – and they, even like the assistant, they've come in. Kleiman wasn't there last year. North Dakota State still won the national championship. They are – they've won nine of the last ten national titles. And the one team that beat them, James Madison, in 2016, James Madison, a lot of their team was on steroids. Wow. Like, it, like beating North Dakota State, it, it just doesn't happen in that. It, like, even in the, in the 2014 playoffs, you're still getting the same champion nine of the last ten years. So, speaking of college football, how about those Texas Longhorns? Gosh, they can't play defense. <laughs> they are the, the Texas Longhorns. I'm going to give Chris Ash a chance. I was talking about it with a fellow Texas fan last night. Um, going to give Chris Ash a chance because he has a track record of running good defenses before. Yeah, and I think most of the time the defense was in position to do positive things, but like every Texas team since 2009, they can't tackle. For whatever reason, the Longhorns are allergic to tackling. I feel like that's an epidemic throughout a lot of football, though. And I, I don't know if that's because I, I don't they're see trying Alabama. to get the away from Spearing. And, you know. I, don't, I don't see Alabama miss tackles. When I watch North Dakota State play, I never see North Dakota State miss a tackle. It's better coaching, maybe better talent even? No, I mean, North Dakota State wouldn't have better talent. Um, but at their level, coach- you know, just saying at their level. Um, I think it's a lack of attention to detail at Texas, which is just Tom Herman. Tom Herman is, and you see it when they play. Oh shit! Okay, when they play Oklahoma, when they play USC, when USC was ranked in the top ten, when they had Darnold at quarterback, um, when they play very high level teams, um, Texas steps up. Mm-hmm. Like, they step up to that level. When they played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago, they went toe-to-toe. They out they out-muscled Georgia. Like, they, against Georgia, who was, along with Bama, the big bad bullies of the SEC, Texas bullied Georgia. And they play up to that level. But when they play Texas Tech or Kansas State or Iowa State or TCU or teams that are not as talented as them, they play down to that level. 
So and it's a, a lack of attention to detail. It's a lack of focus. And that goes back to the head coach, especially mm. in college. In the NFL, I would put more blame on the players, although some of it would go to the coach. But these, it goes back. Hey, players follow the coach. College yeah. In college sports, the coach is the catalyst. So when I see these problems, and it wasn't just Texas Tech this year, it's every time Texas has played an unranked opponent in the last three years. It's why they lose to Maryland back-to-back years. Oh, God. That was awful, man. That was honestly awful because those weren't even good games. Exactly. It's lack of attention to detail. It goes back to Tom Herman. Wow. So OU was number three? Okay. I didn't guess this, man. They were number three. (laughs) They were number three. I'm telling you, man, Chris Kleiman. So for the Texas fans, because there are – there's. I think you're in this group that want Tom Herman fired. Um, I just not interested in him. That's my problem with him. You know, it's not so much I I want him to be fired. I want him to succeed, but I thought he was overhyped. I just feel like he was overhyped. So you, you carry on. Sorry. You carry on. Yeah. So for the Texans fan, for the Texas fans, and even the Houston Texans fans that want a change at head coach, Chris Kleiman, he won't be the sexy hire. He's not going to be the fancy offensive guru, offensive genius. He's not, you know, he's not flashy. He's not the young, handsome guy with a supermodel wife. But that might be the best coach on the market, college and pro, at the end of this season. Hmm. Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. So he is – but I think Tom Herman has a lack of attention to detail – Watch them. They're going to play bad against TCU this week, and it's going to be, oh, is Texas all that good? But when they play a big-time ranked team, when they play Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or Baylor, who's in the top 25, I believe Baylor is at least, um, when they play one of those teams, Texas will get up for it. Well, and I think the other thing possibly with OU is Spencer Rattler may not be all that. I know he was a a blue-chip He was the number one. He was the number one quarterback in the country. Um, but we've seen that. I mean, Gilbert Grape was a <laughs> Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, he was. I, mean, I think that was more change of offensive scheme than it was Garrett Gilbert. Um, I mean, the NFL. I mean, he, he you know, yeah. just a couple. But I, I mean, Spencer Rattler is a second career start. Um, I thought he was just loose with the football, which with young quarterbacks. Remember Sam Ellinger his first two years. Think about how yeah. much Ellinger turned the ball over as a freshman yeah. and sophomore. And how much we were calling for uh, uh, his backup. Um, I never called for Shane. I was always the Ellinger guy overview show. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, just young quarterbacks. Did he, I, he transferred, right? Buchel, yeah. He transferred yeah. to SMU, I believe. Okay. I'm curious but, how that's going. But, um, but like, uh, basically every freshman, sophomore quarterback in the last couple years, other than Tua, because even Trevor Lawrence's freshman year, was loose with the football. Other than Tua, who his sophomore year, he he didn't throw an interception until like the week 10. Um, but every every young quarterback in college football is loose with the football. And Spencer Rattler is 19. So he's, you know, he's going to be loose with the football. And Oklahoma is a pretty aggressive – they are a pretty aggressive offense. They throw the ball down the field. Like, you're not throwing swing passes to running backs. You're not throwing bubble screens. You do throw some of those, but you're throwing downfield. And also, Oklahoma this year, they don't have C.D. Lamb. They don't have Hollywood Brown. They don't have D.D. Westbrook. They don't have Joe Mixon. They don't have five NFL starters on the offensive line. Like, I mean, they have talent, 
But remember, like when Baker was at OU, he had two NFL running backs, an NFL tight end, uh, three NFL receivers, and five guys on his offensive line who are now starting in the NFL. Wow. Like it, and then Kyler Murray had a lot of NFL talent. Last year, Jalen Hurts had a lot of NFL talent on his team. This year, some of these guys will be in the NFL, but this is a young team. They are still developing. So I think yeah. Oklahoma's number three ranking was much more on reputation than ability, than their actual talent at this point in the season. Now, in six weeks, they might look like a top, you know, seven team. But right now, they are not. So I'm not going to write off OU just yet. I'm not going to write off Spencer Rattler. Um, I think uh, – I mean, he's young. Like, he's young. That was his first – that was his second career start against a very well-coached team. Um, a team – you know, so – and he's dealing with a lot of new people on the offense. And that's not an easy offense. That's a very complex offense Lincoln Riley runs. It's why NFL – it's why the NFL wants Lincoln Riley. Um, so I'm not going to write off Spencer Rattler. But bad look for OU. Always good week when, weekend when OU loses. Yeah, um, and Texas wins. And Texas wins by somehow, some miracle. The Longhorns yeah. won. Um, so to, uh, like, let's wrap this up and then hop into some quick NBA Finals coverage because we're going to – and you have your prop bets. Yes. Because um, we're going to close this bad boy out. But I want to tell you real quick, Shane, Shane Bouchel is uh, – He's passed for almost 900 yards through three games, seven nice. touchdowns, two picks for the Stanks, and they play Mississippi um, this weekend. So, yeah, you never know. Nice. Good for Shane Buchel. I think that's great. I really, really do. I mean, and I, I agree. And, uh, yeah. I liked ahead. him. I, I liked him. I just thought I just thought Ellinger was the better quarterback. But I like Buchel. He was a good – he was a solid player. I like the fact that these guys can transfer for now and not have to sit out. Yes, I like that, too. And that I think he, he graduated from UT. Okay, so he's a fifth year. So he, so he got a grad transfer. So he's like a graduate. When, when you're a grad transfer, like, you can just play right away. That's so fascinating. Oh, now with the portal, with the portal, can't they, can't they play right away when they enter the so portal? You, and they, they have to get approved. The NCAA okay. has to approve it, but it's pretty arbitrary. Like, yeah, who NCAA's they got to go. Um, so let's, uh, let's knock out these NBA finals picks i mean i i am not going to say i'm entirely disinterested but i'm not that interested in this this finals if it would have been boston maybe a little bit more but uh yeah the the the, the unique dynamic here is what eric spolstra that's how what spolstra eric, eric spolstra yeah coaching against lebron now so spolstra um, and lebron are not exactly buddies yeah and so there's a i don't know i mean it's I don't know if it really matters, you know, uh, just because he coached him for a few years. I don't know if that matters. You know, maybe he knows some things to get into his head or whatever, but you're not going to guard LeBron some unique way and change his game. Not at this stage. The guy's still just beasting like an animal. So I didn't watch any of the series of the Lakers and uh, whoever they played in the Western Conference Finals. (laughs) What was the point? I mean, the Denver, yeah, Denver. Like I, I, I watched none of it. Uh, I don't blame you. So how many? I'm how who and how many games? The Lakers and five. I'll give them. I have I'll the, give the Heat one game. So I have the Lakers and six, but the Heat can make this interesting. So here's why. Here's why the Heat can make it interesting. 
Um, all three teams – look at the teams Lakers have faced in the playoffs so far. They've faced Portland, who has had no one to guard LeBron and no one to guard Anthony Davis. They face, they face Houston, who has had nobody to guard LeBron and nobody to guard Anthony Davis. Like, no good matchups for either guy. They yeah. face Denver, who has had no one to guard LeBron and no one to guard Anthony Davis. All Like – Portland has doesn't have athletic enough big guys for Anthony Davis, and they don't have any wing defenders for LeBron. Houston put P.J. Tucker, who literally I am taller than P.J. Tucker. They had him guarding Anthony Davis, and yeah. they don't have wing defenders. They didn't have it. Like, who are they going to put on LeBron? James Harden? You know, Covington? Like, you know, those guys are fine, but you can't have them guard LeBron. They can't be the primary defender. Um, and then – Denver, Jokic is really, really good. He is not a good defensive player. So you're putting much smaller guys like Jeremy Grant on Anthony Davis and the Nugget or yeah, the Nuggets lack wing defenders. So they had no one for LeBron. Now let's look at Miami. Miami, their big guy, Bam Adebayo, he's not just big, he is very strong and he's very athletic and quick. Meaning he is the one guy the Lakers have faced so far this postseason that has the physical capability to give Anthony Davis problems. My thing with superstars is you're not going to shut them down, but you got to try to make them uncomfortable. So I think that Bam Adebayo is capable of doing that with Anthony Davis. Then moving on to LeBron, the Heat have Jimmy Butler, Andre Gudala, and Jay Crowder. You can rotate those three guys onto LeBron, keep a fresh body on him, keep rotating defenders, keep giving him different looks. You're going to be able to put multiple guys onto LeBron James. And I think they, though, that combination, along with Spolstra, who's a really, really good coach, is going to give the Lakers some trouble. But I think stars win, unless the Heat are the 0-4 Pistons, which maybe they are. Maybe the Heat are the 0-4 Pistons that we know with Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace and Rip Hamilton. Um, maybe the Heat are the 0-4 Pistons. Uh, without a true superstar, tough, gritty team that's well-coached, plays very well together um, with depth. Maybe that's what the Heat are. Maybe the Heat are the 0-4 Pistons. I don't think they are. I think the Lakers win in six games. But I think the Heat are going to – I think the games are all going to be competitive. I yeah, think- I – I think it's worth watching. I, it's the finals, you know, it's worth watching um, for your average fan, but overall it's just, uh, it just doesn't come off as a sexy matchup. And, it no, it and that's okay though, you know, but I, if the, if the Lakers just roll the heat, um, I think that people will be more disinterested in the NBA than ever because it just will start coming off as like, you know, we had that phase of like, if you didn't have the big three, you were nothing. And you don't have a lot of teams right now that are, are doing the big three role. It seems like they're more doing the big two. And then yeah, a lot of supporting it's a lot, cast. It's a lot of duos. Yeah. And, and, you know, which can be a little bit more attractive. But a lot of those, besides, honestly, besides LeBron and Anthony Davis teamed up as a duo, there's not a lot of other duos out there that are really, that are sexy. Even Paul George and Kawhi, it's like, eh, you know. Well, I mean, you have James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You have Jokic and Jamal Murray. That one's that's a nice one, yeah. And that, but that was something that I think a lot of people that, that didn't really watch the NBA strictly, like like you might be so much into, um, you didn't know who the hell, not so much who they were, but you just never really caught them. You didn't know you didn't know much about them. Yeah, until the playoffs started, and you right. started seeing Murray put up no. those numbers, and you're like, oh wow. No, you're right. Um, 
I so you said you'd be more interested if it was a Celtics. I'm actually the opposite. I would have been less interested if it was Boston. I just like the historical interest of it. Well, yeah. So I think a lot of casual fans of the NBA would have been into it because of this. Damn casuals. Yeah. Yeah. But just because of the historical, uh, historically what it was. But with, um, with, with Boston, Boston has nobody to guard Anthony Davis. Boston has a, they can throw a few different bodies at LeBron. You know, they can throw Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, maybe even Tatum. They have a few different guys they can put on LeBron, but Boston would have had zero answer for Anthony Davis. Like Anthony Davis would have averaged 36 points a game against Boston. Like, they had no – like, Boston, I think, would have had zero chance against the Lakers. Um, whereas Miami, I think they have the personnel to give the Lakers some problems. And with Miami, and it's why – I said they were going to give Milwaukee problems, and they ultimately beat Milwaukee. Miami has so many really good shooters. So that Lakers defense that's big and hard to score on, Miami's going to be able to shoot over the top of it. And unlike Houston, where we thought that might be the case with them, Miami actually has ball movement. The problem with Houston and the way they did things is the offense in Houston is so stagnant that the Lakers, the defense, the players don't have to move around a lot. They're not going to get caught up in rotations, allowing open shots. Whereas Miami, that ball's moving around quite a bit. So the Lakers defense is going to have to work to contest those threes uh, for Miami. Miami can shoot the ball. At least now the Houston Rockets offense should change. Um, what do you I, think about these rumors with Jeff Van Gundy coming in? I See, I, and I've told you this. It's not Dan Tony. It's Daryl Morey. The, off, the way Houston plays is not because of Mike D'Antoni. I don't think Houston is – unless Daryl Morey has a come-to-Jesus moment, Houston is not going to drastically change the way they play basketball. Well, and, and unless Van Gundy is de- desperate to get back on the sideline, which I'd be surprised. He has such a good role yeah, right no, now. That's, that's a great jo- – he's getting paid like $6 I know, million a year to come. Yeah, and I think he already lives in Houston. Like, I'm pretty sure it's his home. But yeah. – I think he no, but he still travels around covering games. Like, why would you give that up? That's why I didn't understand John Gruden going back in the NFL. It's like, you left, like, the best thing ever, dude. So you could go into that super stressful environment. And, the Monday Night Football broadcast is not the well, same without Gruden. Yeah, like, but it's, it's crazy. So I, I – but I just – I didn't like Jeff Van Gundy when he was the Rockets coach. I don't know why you'd bring that back, especially after 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a while. So, guy, right. so that to me, that would be a Maury hire though, because he's going to be like, Hey, I know you want back in, you're going to do it my way, you know, and, and Van Gundy, he just, I don't know. I don't know if he's a people pleaser like that. Where you? I, just I, ho- do I hope thing. it doesn't happen, but let's move really on. Now. Well, who was their other, they have another candidate that I was, I was, uh, Doc Rivers. <laughs> oh man. I don't, you know what? I don't know. I, I think it would be an upgrade. I think it would be an upgrade, but who knows to say. So, all right. So you got the uh, you got the got, presidential debate tonight. I have three presidential prop bets tonight okay. in the debate. Okay. So first, first one, even money, even money here, even money bet. Will Joe Biden walk to the podium wearing a mask? Yes or no? Yes. And that's what I bet. I yeah. bet yes he will. Even even, even though there will probably be like ten people in the studio. Yes. Trump will probably be like 20 feet away and the moderator is going to be like 20 feet away, you know, but I'm not saying he'll wear it the entire time, 
but he will I, he'll walk. probably take it off. But yeah, so I agree. It, yeah. will he walk to the podium? That's the thing. So that so I will know right away whether or not I win that bet. Okay. Okay. Number two. So this is I was surprised at the odds of this one. This is plus two hundred, meaning I double my money if I get it. Will Biden or Trump refuse to answer a question? I I feel like that's stealing money. Of course, Trump is going to refuse to answer a question. <laughs> yeah, I think they both will. They're both politicians are good at that. They're so good at just like no, but uh, so it's not dodging the question. It's like I'm not going to answer that. Okay, so like so not so not so much just uh, hey sir. You know, was it 80 degrees today? And they start talking about something else that they just say, I'm not going to talk about. Right. I think, I you know think, what? so I get Trump or Biden. I feel like Biden would be more likely to do the, what you're saying, like very like, hey, is it, is it 80 yeah, degrees yeah. outside and go just completely to left field with it? Whereas talk about earthquakes. Trump is more, well, let me tell you about climate control. He, he, like Trump is more just blunt. Where yeah. he would be like, oh, fake news, you're against me, whatever, and just not answer. They'd probably leave, <laughs> probably just leave the, the stage. I'm not going to talk about that. Okay, and then this, this one is my favorite one. So, so, but to answer that, I would say, yes, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I'll take that bet. So, yeah, you get double your money if you bet that, and that happens. Okay. You double good. your money. Um, okay, then last one. And this is, uh, which will Trump say first? Fake news or China virus? Fake news, a slight favorite. God, they're gonna be, they're gonna be toe and toe as me. Not, not corona, you know? not coronavirus. China, China virus. virus. Yeah, he would definitely say China virus, but I think there's a chance he'll say fake news first. I feel like the sequence of events will go. The fake news has pumped this China virus up. Just yeah, <laughs> and he's gonna say, and you're part of the fake news, Chris Wallace. I don't know how you even got this job. Yeah. How are you here tonight? We should have Tucker on or something like that. Yeah, so it's... Joe Biden's going to stand over there and be like, come on, man. What are you talking about? So, yeah, that, those, are my, uh, those are my bets tonight. Stupid bastards. So, yeah. so, do you, so do you like fake news or China virus first? Like you said, it's pretty close. I, I think fake news. I, it's I put, definitely going to depend on how they pose the question. But um, I like Chris Wallace hosting this. I really do. I think that's uh, – he's pretty direct. Yeah. And he'll push them to answer. I think he'll definitely push them to answer, but we can't make them, obviously. So so part of the reason I'm doing this outside of just for my own personal entertainment is um, when presidential debates, I always get – like in 2016, I always got really fr- – like I'll be like, I'm going to watch. But then I just get so frustrated or bored and just turn it off like after 45 minutes yeah. or so. This is going to force me to watch the whole thing – Unless all of this happens in the first 45 minutes, which could happen. I, I, I don't think it's going to be real long. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have a minimum of, a, of an hour or something like that, but they're going to do two of them or two more. Okay, they're going to do three total. So you have They're doing tonight. two more debates, yeah. And so Fox, more, CNN, okay. Fox, CNN, and MSNBC all get one. And then the VPs, whew, that, the, I think the VPs will be – this will be fun entertainment because we both know like neither of these guys are capable of speaking a coherent sentence. So it's going to be kind of fun. So when the VPs debate, that's going to be, I think that'll be hot. Like, that'll be too hot for TV. Kind oh of stuff. man. Kamala and Mike. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. something. Kamala and Mike Pence. That'll be a nice slug fest. 
you know, and I, I remember I was, a, I was, you know, as always, we don't want to bring too much politics into this, but I can admittedly say like, I was, I was kind of a Tulsi supporter, but when they had that big debate and Tulsi went on, on, on Kamala and Kamala's reaction, I was kind of like, I felt like she was going to come back really strong and she never really did from that. Yeah. So I hope that doesn't happen in the VP debates, but I think it would be interesting just like if she, uh, she's got some pride, you know, she's a prosecutor, things like that. So she can, yeah. she can throw some blows. Well, I don't so think Mike Pence is also great in front of a migrant. I think Kamala will do really well in a I vice presidential so debate, but I think Trump, well, and we talked about it in our pre-show or during the break where we said, if you're a Trump supporter, you're going to say Trump did amazing in a debate. And if yeah, you're a Biden supporter, happen. you're going to say Trump was an idiot and Biden looked really good. That's why overall I think debates, they're almost pointless because they're not really debating one another. They're just trying to get their talking points out. Right. And unless somebody says something entirely incredulous and crazy, then it doesn't really matter. Which is not out of the realm of possibility. Not out of the realm of possibility. Um, tonight, so, so also the last bet I have politically, plus 10,000 odds. Wow. Plus 10,000 odds, Michelle Obama to win the presidential election. <laughs> here's, my, here's my thinking. Biden doesn't look good in the debate. The poll numbers start surging for Trump. Democrats need to get someone in there that they think can win this election. Michelle Obama has about as high as approval rating as anyone associated with the Democratic Party. I think they would be more prone to push Kamala to the to 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 push her into that presidential role. You can't do Kamala. She couldn't emerge through the uh, through the primary scene. Because she ran as a candidate, yeah. So, and I don't think I don't know if I don't think she has any electoral, uh, what do you call them, uh, electorates or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's like well, like with Bernie, I think Bernie still has some. And I guess then there's a, a a way they can kind of cash him in, like he could give them to to Biden, right? No. Um, if I understand that right, I thought you could kind of like cash in your electorates. I don't, or something think, like I don't that. think so. Um... What's the but problem yeah. with her? But yeah, that's what I don't know all the rules. We're not going to get too political. Right. Uh, this was more about the gambling and how much of a degenerate I am. But I put I just, one. I don't. I put down one dollar on Michelle Obama to win a hundred. Yeah. I put so if I lose that dollar, I lose the dollar. Yeah. But if Michelle Obama starts running for president, I'm going to start campaigning. Not because I support her politically or anything, but because I simply want to win this bet. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so just to yes, we go, can. Go through it one more time. Uh, will Biden wear a mask walking to the podium? I say yes. That's even money. Plus 200, you can double your money. Will Biden or Trump refuse to answer a question? Um, I believe at some Trump. point one of them will just outright refuse to answer a question. Come on, man. More like – yeah. <laughs> there, there's a come on, man prop bet, but I, but it was pretty close. Is there is there anything on there about will Trump uh, pivot – from a question he's asked to trying to get them to talk about Hunter Biden? No, there, I didn't I, see anything on there. I would put money on that. I would, can that be a free bet? I would put money on that. I didn't At some see point, anything. he's going to bring up his son. And then, yeah, and then uh, the last one is, smile. The last one is what will Trump say first? Fake news or China or China virus? Fake news is a slight favorite. I take news. fake news. I agree. Because I feel, like I said, I feel like a sequence of events is going to be um Ooh. you fake news have pumped up this china virus i think that like that's gonna be the sentence so but that's that's it today um tune into the presidential debate because 
the truth is one of those men is going to be the leader of the free world for the next four-ish years. So yeah. And honestly, uh, it's, it's a, a good message is, is just go vote, man. Whenever yeah, it's go, time go, I, re I registered to vote uh, last week. I got good. my registration card in the mail. I'm ready. I am a registered voter. I was registered in Huntsville. Now mm -hmm. I'm registered in Macy's County. Yeah. So I'm registered to vote. I'm good for the presidential election. Vote in your local elections as well, especially in Corpus yeah, Christi. Because honestly, that's what affects us more than the White House. Uh, vote in Absolutely. your local elections. Watch sports. Watch the MLB playoffs. Go Astros today. Hopefully, Astros. When you, hopefully when you listen to this, the Astros are up. Um, Astros are up 2-0 uh, or 1-0 in, uh, in the wild card round. Um, hopefully the Texans turn around their secondary. Uh, the Cowboys, they need a defense. Um, yeah, that's about – and then NBA Finals starts tomorrow. So, good sports week ahead of us. You got another good football weekend coming up. Alabama plays Texas A&M. We got Georgia and Florida. The Texans might play the Vikings depending on the COVIDs. Uh, the Cowboys play the Browns in what will be a big game for both teams. Um, big weekend coming up. Listen to the Moneyline podcast, gambling podcast with me. I took a bath last weekend, but we're going to get back on track. Fantasy football, I'm doing much better in that podcast. Uh, listen to Jason's podcast, The Opening Drive, not on the Right on Sports feed. Listen to that one. Jason, do you have anything to add after my little rant? <laughs> I was just looking up to see if Earl Thomas had signed with uh... – the Texans yet, it doesn't look like that um, has, has happened yet. It just shows that he's uh, on a visit. So um, we'll see what happens there. And to be honest, um, yeah, I, I hope he does because I think it'll just bring a little bit of oomph to that team and they need it. So Oh, breaking news, dun-dun-dun, Yuli Gurriel re-signed for 2021. Good. I think Yuli is uh, probably the most underrated player on that, that roster, man. Yeah. Definitely. And he's clutch. Definitely an unsung hero of that team. So some good news for the Astros before some likely bad news coming up in the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, we're going to get out of here with our Astros jerseys. Yeah, and if uh, however we end up, you know, just gets edited and things like that, obviously you're probably listening to it on the podcast through whatever you listen to. But if you're also – if we do it the way and, and put it up on video somewhere too, then thanks I for watching I think Russell's well. going to cut some video. Yeah, I think he's going to do something. So he'll do, he'll do something or other. If he sits through this whole thing and he still hasn't been fired yet because he's obviously not here, so fire Russell. Um, then congratulations, Russell, for getting through this too. Yeah, good job, Russell. But all right, we'll see you later. Y'all have a great rest of the week. We will see you guys next week, hopefully with some, uh, hopefully with some money in my pocket so from the presidential debate and a, uh, and the Astros going to the ALDS. All right. Those Astros. See ya. Asta.